Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Fusion Church. Can y'all hear me all right? Thumbs up. All right. Today we are in Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Um, we're almost done Deuteronomy, guys. I know it's been it's been tough for some of us getting through this book, but uh, I, I hope you guys can see where the children of Israel are, are are about to enter into the promised land. Moses giving his some of his final instructions to to the people um, before they go into the promised land, and um, this like this it's it's opening up a new chapter in the life of the children of Israel. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to, to dig into your word, Lord God, and just see how faithful you were to your, your people, Israel, Lord God, and, and in turn, how faithful you are to each and every one of us. Father, I pray that you would be with us during this time, Father. I pray that it be your words that are heard and not mine, Father. Speak to each and every one of us. Reveal new things to us, Father. We praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Deuteronomy 31, and I am reading from the New King James Version. <clears throat> then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel, and he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also, Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said, and the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the, the kings of the Anamorites, and their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. So Moses wrote this law and delivered to the priests, the sons of Levi, who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the appointed time in the year of release, at the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God, and carefully observe all the words of this law, and that their children, who have not known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. Verse 14, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourself in the tabernacle of meeting that I may inaugurate him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of meeting. Now the Lord appeared at the tabernacle in a pillar of cloud 
and the pillar of cloud stood above the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you will rest with your fathers, and this people will rise and play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners of the land, where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in, in that day, Have not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they have done and that they have turned to the other gods. Now, therefore, write down this song for yourselves and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. When I have brought them to the land flowing with milk and honey, of which I swore to their fathers, and they have eaten and filled themselves and grown fat, then they will turn to other gods and serve them, and they will provoke me and break my covenant." Then it shall be, when many evils and troubles have come upon him, that this song will testify against him as a witness. For I will not be forgotten in the mouths of their descendants. For I know the inclination of their behavior today, even before I brought them to the land of which I swore to give them. Therefore Moses wrote the song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. Then he inaugurated Joseph, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and of good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land of which I swore to them, and I will be with you. So it was when Moses had completed writing the words of this law in the book, when they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. For I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. If today, which I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, then how much more after my death? Gather to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death, you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. Then Moses spoke in the hearing of all the assembly of Israel, the words of the song until they were ended. Amen. Amen. Come on. The reading of God's word. Stretch, get you some some bustello. So, <clears throat> jumping right into it, Moses is 120 years old, and um, he was not limited physically. Let me start off by saying that. Okay, 120 years old is, and you know, back then was a whole lot different. And then, and, and you know, when you, we get up in age nowadays, right? He was still very physically able to do. You know, but the Lord said that he could no longer go out and come in because, and it wasn't that he was limited physically, but that he was limited by God's command. Okay, let's make that very, very clear. He was limited by God's command. And the decree that Moses would not enter into the promised land, according to Numbers 20. He said, he told him, he tells Noah, you shall not cross over the Jordan. These, these specific words of God to Moses are not recorded in Numbers 20, but so, so there must be a, a, a further elaboration. Numbers 20 verse 12 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. There's a difference between you shall not bring this congregation into the land and you shall not cross over this Jordan. See, but see, by, by, by the first statement, it's allowable that, that Moses could still go into the promised land, but he just wouldn't be the leader anymore. 
having passed the, the leadership over to Joshua, but God had to make it very, even, even more clear to Moses, you shall not cross over the Jordan, right? God's correction of Moses was very hard. You know, not only will he not lead Israel into the promised land, he wasn't even going to be able to go there. That which he had dreamed of, that he had, he, he felt called to do to deliver God's people, he would not be the one to complete it. Can you imagine that? 40 years with these people, leading this, these people, right? And you're not going to be the guy. Moses' feet would never touch the soil of the land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, so why was his punishment so severe, right? What, what did Moses do that was so bad? Well, in Numbers 20, uh, verses 7 through 12, when Israel complained and cried out for water, Moses misrepresented God, right? This is, this is, this is key. He misrepresented God. He misrepresented him by, by lecturing the nation heavily, right? And, un, and unnecessarily. He misrepresented God by acting as if God needed him to provide water for the people when God was going to do it. And then he misrepresented God and he disobeyed God. This is key by striking the rock twice instead of just speaking to the rock as God had told him. So this may seem like, like, like a harsh punishment for Moses, right? After all, you know, he, 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 he let his temper get the better of him. Right, he he messed up a little bit, so 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 now he 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 must die, just short of the promised land. But we have to remember that Moses was being judged by a stricter standard because of his leadership position in the nation, because of his position, and because he was he had a unique relationship, a close relationship with God, according to James three one teachers, leaders are to be judged by a much stricter standard. It says in James 3, 1, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. All right. A lot of people, they want to, you know, I've had a lot of people come to me and tell me, you know, Pastor Jason, I want to, I want to get into ministry. I want to be a pastor. I want to do, I want to do. Okay, great. That's cool. All right. Are you ready for what comes next? Are you ready for the, the level of, of authority and, 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 and uh, the weight of responsibility to be on your shoulders? Are you ready that if we mess up as leaders within the church, we will be judged harsher than everyone else because of the mantle of responsibility? So Moses, you know, he, he, he messed up. So rightfully so, he was going to be, he was being held to a higher standard. Moses, he, 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 he in essence, he defaced the picture of, of, of Jesus's redemptive love, his work through, through the rock of that provided water in the wilderness. And, and let, let me, let me clarify this a little bit. The New Testament makes it clear that, that the, the water providing rock was a picture of Jesus. First Corinthians 10, four says, and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ Jesus. When he was struck, he provided life for all who would drink of him. 
John 7, 37 says, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. But it was unnecessary that Jesus would, would be struck again and again and again because the son of God needed only to suffer once. Hebrews 10, 12 says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. This rock that Moses struck twice was a picture of Jesus providing life-giving water. And so by Moses striking it twice, he was in direct defiance of what God told him to do. We can now come to Jesus with words of faith as, as Moses should have only used words of faith to bring the life-giving water to the nation of Israel. So now Moses must face his destiny. He must face the, the consequences of his actions. So he tells, he tells Joshua, the Lord, your God crosses over before you. Moses, see, Moses had, had led Israel for 40 years. Right. He he was the he was for most of them, he was the only leader they had ever known. Yet the nation could be confident and Moses could go away in peace because he knew that God was with Israel. Israel, Moses, or Joshua, they didn't have to be afraid. Instead, they could be strong and they could be of good courage. Moses, Moses was a great man, right? Arguably one of the greatest men to have ever walked on, on the earth. But Moses was not irreplaceable. God, being with Israel, he knew that Israel was in good hands. With or without Moses, Israel was in good hands. Verse 7 says that Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of Israel. So bringing the people into the promised land was God's work, and he was going to do it. But God, listen, God almost always does his work through men and women who make themselves available to him. Sometimes people, you know, we, we wrongly say, it's all the Lord, it's all the Lord, it's all God. And yet, and true, true, it is God. God does his work, but he does his work through people if we make ourselves available to him. It's when we get in the way that things don't work out. We have to be obedient and allow him to use us in the way that he wants to use us. So a lot of times we like to we like to say, okay, well, God, God needs my help. Let me do this. Let me do the extra. And God didn't tell you to do the extra. God may have just told you, hey, be still. And that's the work you're supposed to be doing. But we want to get in the way. We want to jump into things. We want to make our own moves in, in order to help God. And he don't need our help. Listen, God was God before any of us were around to call him God. I think he's got this. I think he knows what he's doing, all right? So he says, be strong and of good courage. Since God was gonna use Joshua, he must be strong and of good courage. But but Moses knew Joshua and, and, and knew who he was and what he was able to do. So he confidently said, you shall cause them to inherit it. He's telling Joshua, through your leadership, you're going to cause the children of Israel to inherit the land. Moses was an encourager. Men of, men of, of encouragement like Moses are a blessing. Moses knew that Joshua might be wavering. Imagine. You now have the mantle of responsibility over millions of people. Millions of people. Joshua may have needed to be encouraged a little bit. He may have he may have needed to be pushed 
forward to be more than he thought he could be. And God was encouraging, was encouraging people to help us fulfill the destiny that he has for us. Verse 9 says, Moses wrote this law. According to Deuteronomy 17, the kings of Israel were to write their own copy of God's law, right? And so Moses set the example, right? Every king of Israel that was going to be, and at this point, there was no king, right? We can argue that Moses was, was kind of like the uncrowned king of Israel, okay? He was leading Israel, you know, and, and they knew he knew at some point they were going to want a king. So in the law, every king, as you were being crowned king, you were instructed to write down your own copy of the law, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. You, that, was, you, that was part of your responsibility. And so Moses was now setting a precedent for that, you know. And he says in verse 11, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Part of the job of the Levites was to minister the word of God to all the nation, you know, as, you know, as, as the, even as the nation grew, every seven years, they were to have a public reading and an explanation of the law of God. And we see this modeled in the book of Nehemiah chapter eight. And so the first that we know of a public reading of the law is in Joshua eight, verse 30. And the next we hear of it, is during the reign of Jehoshaphat in the second Chronicles 17, which is more than 500 years later. Think about this. God says every seven years, you will read this. Joshua does it in, jo in Joshua eight, 500 years later, it's recorded that King Jehoshaphat during his reign, it happens. Then during the reign of King Josiah, there was another public reading of the word that was 250 years after that. Now, there, there may have been more public readings that were recorded, right? No doubt there probably was. But the fact that only a few were recorded probably means they were unusual. It was not typical. Israel wasn't doing it every seven years. They were not being obedient to the law. So with this kind of neglect of God's word, no wonder Israel was so often in trouble. I would argue, right? And I could be totally wrong, but if Israel had been obedient with the little things, right? The little things like, hey, every seven years, public reading of the word, public reading of the law, so you can teach and obey. It's not like today where everyone has a Bible in their house. You know, the, the children of Israel, they relied on the priests to, to give them the law, to help them study the law, right? And so every seven years, the Levites were supposed to read it and explain it and teach it, and they weren't doing it. And as we go along in the scriptures, we see how often, you know, after you get past King Solomon and you have, and the nation splits and you, and you go over the list of kings and this king did evil and that king did evil, 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 idols, all this stuff. Perhaps if the reading of God's word was, was, was normal within the children of Israel, right? They wouldn't have fallen to, into, into, to, to such madness, right? Perhaps brothers and sisters, if we were consistent 
in our daily reading of God's word, we would not be falling into such, such craziness in our lives. Too often, I, I, I speak with people, I counsel people, and, and they, they're, they're, they're talking about, oh, this is happening, all the certain, I've done this, I've messed up here, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to ask them the question. I'm going to ask you one of two questions. How's your relationship with God? And what are you currently reading in God's word? And more often than not, right? And other leaders here, here, here in the Zoom, elders, you know, leaders in the church, the answer is going to be, well, um, I haven't really been reading the word. Oh, my relationship with God could be a little bit better. You have to put into practice, brothers and sisters, if you want to, to be blessed, if you want to know God's will for your life, you have to make your relationship with Jesus Christ a daily thing. You have to get be, be reading God's word every single day. The children of Israel did not put this into practice. We today do not put this into practice. And we see the, the nonsense that's going on around us. We see the craziness that's going on in our own lives, right? So I'm going to encourage you guys, don't just be on the Zoom Monday through Friday, right? And just, just to listen to whoever it is who's presenting the word, right? After this is done, continue to read. Continue to read. Don't just get, don't just get, you know, the, the word thrown into your ear. Do your own study. Do your own work. You know, push your own relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And then you will see a change. Because then, even if, even if the world is on fire all around you, you know that you have the peace of God in your heart, and you know you can get through anything, right? Because all of His promises are yes and amen, and they're all in the Word of God. Amen. All right, let's move on. You're about to get me on a tangent. Whew, Nicole, they're about to get me going. So, verse 13, and that, that their children may hear and learn to fear God. Again, the seven-year national focus on God's word was especially important for the children amongst the people of Israel because through their word, again, they could have their own relationship with God. Verse 14, present yourself in the tabernacle of meeting. Through the wilderness journey, we find that Moses and Joshua together, you know, they were often before the Lord. Exodus 33, 11 says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and he would return to the camp. But his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man did not depart from the tabernacle. Joshua was qualified to serve the children of Israel because he was at home in the presence of God. Even when Moses would return to the people, his servant Joshua would stay at the tabernacle. He would stay in the presence of God. So he was more than qualified to lead these people. Again, verse, verse 23, we hear, we hear the same phrase again being repeated. Be strong and of good courage. It's remarkable how often this phrase, be strong and of good courage, is, is directed towards Joshua. He hears it seven different times in the book of Deuteronomy, in this chapter specifically, seven times, be strong of courage. This may expose uh, a weakness in Joshua. It's almost as if there was a need for, for such a command. Because 
even a great leader like Joshua needed encouragement because most of us, right? And, and, and hear me out. Most of us, we're too big for God to use. Let that sink in. Most of us, we're, we're too big for, for, for God to use, right? It's hard to hear God when we're always right. Because we're so full of our own ideas and our own ways of doing things, right? It's hard for us to be submitted to God. Because we think we got this, right? I know what I'm doing. Joshua needed to take strength and courage in the Lord. And Joshua was small enough to be big in God. Amen. Does that make sense? He was small enough. He was humble enough, right? So that he could be the man that Israel needed to lead them into this next chapter that they were about to step into. Amazingly, the last time this phrase is used in connection with Joshua, he is encouraging others to be strong and of good courage. Joshua 10.25 says, Then Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for this, for thus the Lord would do to all your enemies against when you fight. Joshua could encourage others with this encouragement through the Lord um, to others because the Lord had already given it to him. And, and, and when it says, be strong and of good courage, this was, this was a, a, a manly way to speak to Joshua, right? This was, this was a, you know, men talking to men, like, hey, get your act together. Be strong and, good, and of good courage. Moses wasn't going to pander to Joshua's weak and timid nature. He didn't say, Joshua, you're you're so awesome. You're you're so strong. You're so courageous. No, he said, now is the time. Step up to the challenge. Be strong and of good courage. Right? Tighten your belt. Let's go. It's time to work. We ain't got time for weakness. We ain't got no time for timid to, to be timid. It's time to get to work. You shall bring the children of Israel into the land. Joshua perhaps by nature being weak, lacking courage, needed to hear this from Moses. He needed to hear from Moses, you know, you are going to do this. You are going, this is going to happen, right? He needed some assurance, right? Again, he's about to take on the leadership of, of, of millions of people. And he was with them all throughout the 40 years. So he knew what he was getting into, right? He knew the nonsense that Israel had already done. He was part of all of it. So yeah, it, 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 it's he needed some encouragement, and that's okay. Sometimes we need encouragement. I don't care how strong you are, how much faith you have. Sometimes we need to be encouraged. And Moses, in verse 24 says, Moses completed writing the words of the law. Moses finished writing the first five books of the Bible, and he gave it to Israel. And he gave it to us, all of creation. These were the inspired words of God. He said, put it beside the, the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ten Commandments were to be placed inside the Ark of the Covenant. But the whole book of the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy, were going to be placed beside the Ark of the Covenant. 
Moses knew that Israel was going to rebel, right? He knew this because God told him. He knew it, you know, from previous experiences with them. Verse 27, he says, if today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, how much more after my death? So therefore, the law would stand as a witness against the rebellious Israel. See, we, we love to find refuge and safety in God's word in our times of stress, in our times of trouble. But we don't often consider that God's word, if we reject Jesus and rebel against God, is a witness against us. It's no friend to us. It is a witness against us, God's word. And it's a witness that rises up to testify against us. God's word is beautiful, brothers and sisters. God's law is holy. God's law is eternal, right? And we have no reason to fear it. You know, we hear things like, you know, it's a witness against us. And it's like, oh my God, what, what's, what's that mean? If you're living right, you know, and God doesn't want perfection because we're not perfect. We'll never be perfect. But if we come to him every single day with a humble heart, with a heart that is yearning to be closer to him, to know more of him, to have a relationship with him. He is faithful to us, brothers and sisters. He is always faithful to us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. No matter where you are in your walk with God, whether you're, you're leading people or you're not, you're in ministry or you're not, God is faithful. And he's telling some of us here, be strong and of good courage. Someone here in this call needs to hear that. Someone on the podcast needs to hear that. Be strong and of good courage. There's a decision you need to make. There's a step you need to take, brothers and sisters. And you've been, you've been wavering on what to do, right? You've been, you've been, you've been slowing down the, the work of God. You've been like, I don't know. I don't know. Be strong and of good courage. He may be telling you to step up and lead a connect group this semester. Be strong and of good courage. But I don't know the Bible. Be strong and of good courage. No one's going to listen to me. Be strong and good of good courage. I can't do that. Be strong and good courage. There's no way that ministry could use me. Be strong and of good courage. I can't talk to them about God. They're going to reject me. Be strong and of good courage. If you take nothing else away from my 30-minute ramble this morning, I'm going to tell you right now, be strong and of good courage courage. God is with you. He will not forsake you. He told Joshua thousands of years ago, be strong and of good courage. And he's telling each and every one of you today, be strong and of good courage. The Lord goes before you. He will promise. He, he says he will, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? We, we can fear no evil. God is with us. Brothers and sisters, be strong and of good courage. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord, and we thank you for your promise, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for the for a daily reminder, daily encouragement that we can get from your word, that you are with us, Father, that we have no reason to fear anything. We may see enemies on our left, on our right, in front of us, behind us, Father, but you are with us. You are telling us, be strong and of good courage. Doesn't matter our background, where we come from, who our family is, Lord, you are with us. 
And we are more than conquerors through your son, Jesus Christ. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for that promise. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are on this call right now and who are listening on the podcast later on, Lord God, that you just be with them. I pray for, Father, that you would daily remind them, Holy Spirit, daily prod their spirit, Lord God, to dig into your word. Daily remind them that you're with them. Daily remind them to be strong and of good courage. Father, we praise you. We love you. We thank you for everything that you're doing. In your holy and precious name, amen and amen and amen. All right, guys. Love y'all. And I'll see you again next week. God bless.